0: It is January 1st, 2020, a new decade, a new year. Here we are, we're living in the future. It's the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Matt Morgan, coming to us from the sunny shores of Hawaii, Justin Labar, (laughs) uh, well across the globe, over on the eastern seaboard there. I'm here on the west coast. We're worldwide, baby. It's the Wrestling Inc. Podcast.
1: We should have each of our local times in the corner of our screens.
0: Yeah, seriously, it's afternoon where Matt is still, late afternoon.
1: It
2: is. It's 5, 12 p.m.
0: Wow. Uh, so, All Elite Wrestling had the night to themselves tonight. NXT did a best of with the year-end awards. I don't know if anything eventful happened. If it did, please let me know. Did you guys even bother to flip the channel and see what NXT had going on tonight? No. No. Okay, there you have it. So if something eventful happens, chat room, let us know. I will uh, be sure to share that news tonight on the podcast. But other than that, we're all elite all the time tonight. AEW Dynamite, first show of the year. And the big news, they talked about this in interviews, but commentary was pretty upfront with this. The win-loss records reset as we go into the new year, uh, giving everyone a fresh slate. Um, do you think, Matt, that it's impactful to have it happen when the promotion here is only uh three or four months old with its win-loss record, really?
2: No, no and yes. And, and the reason I say no is because of what you said. It's only been around for a few months, yeah. right? We were just learning the importance of these wins and losses um, from day one, but day one was only a few months ago, Okay. So you have that but then by the same token they have to do this reset because they have screwed up kenny omega so badly they've screwed up the young buck so badly and their top talents that they desperately need as the anchors of this company to grow it to where they want it to grow it to besides relying always on jericho and cody
0: yeah and the opening video package justin said as much saying we, we are the elite. We were the elite. We came into this with such high expectations and showing how they've all pretty much been punked out at this point, right? Omega not setting the world on fire. Cody doesn't have a title around his waist. The Bucks don't have a title around their waists. Um, I mean, really saying, is this our year, our time to shine? A reset for them. We have Jericho as the head of this company, but the guys that founded All Elite Wrestling are, are in a limbo.
1: Yeah, the opening video package is probably maybe the best opening video I've seen Dynamite have on the weekly basis uh, which you know tonight's a great night to have that because you are in many respects unopposed um, right with with NXT being a, you know a recap show so yeah it was a good you know it, it's a good story it's it, it, it's telling it, you know like Matt said you know it, it it's probably best to reset you know aside from the fact it's only been three months of having weekly television it's probably best to reset especially when you look long term when you get two three four years down the road assuming this thing's still going it's going to make sense when a calendar year ends to reset the records it's just this first time's odd because it's only like you know three months in but yeah you know all the founders that are kind of they're they're getting punked out they're not at their best i just hope that like whatever whatever's going to be their wrestlemania and their calendar year whatever that's going to prove to be where that's like their big their big culmination i just hope that like the payoff isn't all these guys standing tall like i mean i i hope that's that that's not what we're building to is is just the all the executive vp standing tall because that would be a little bit of a well i don't want it to well, here's well the, why do you want to see that then
2: because they're not it's not no offense to jeff Jarrett, but it's not jeff Jarrett booking himself to win the championship here
0: these are <laughs> three
2: guys particularly kenny and the young books that in my opinion are still on the forefront of being who people want to pay to see devil. Um, And and they're still within their prime. They're not this outdated promoter that's now, you know what I mean? That's just clinging on to hope. So they create their own company and then book themselves to win titles. That's not what they're doing here.
1: Well, don't get me wrong, man. I'm not saying that, that all, all the, all the people we're talking about, I'm not saying that they, I'm not saying that, that the young bucks shouldn't get, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying they shouldn't overcome hurdles. I'm just hoping that's not like we're not building to that being like the culmination of whatever their storyline year is. I hope you know. I, I hope it all just comes in waves. I, I don't want it all just to be. I don't want that to be the story of the again whatever their WrestleMania is going to be. Is that all the EVP, all the executive vice presidents came over,
2: dude, overcame everything, dude. them but this is my company. I, I from day one. I don't know how we unsee what we've seen thus far with how they booked. But what I would do is I would keep those two teams as separate for as long as I could, and I'd have them just run roughshod over. Have those two teams meet at in this pinnacle type of match for the world for the world tag team
0: championships. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's one way to build it. Exactly. Yeah, we can hear you. So uh, if anyone's asking what's going on with my background, Matt, I just switched to a simple background because I want to preserve your bandwidth. I don't want to be sending complicated video because I want to make sure that you're Uh, able to send more than receive tonight uh, so we can get your opinion. So that's why I'm keeping it simple tonight, folks, Um, for anyone watching live on this. So, no, I agree that there's a story here, whether you like where it's going or not. Justin, to your point, um, it could go bad. It could go good, but... I thought there was also something sort of meta tonight about maybe saying with All Elite. I, and at first, I thought they weren't saying it was the Elite themselves that had uh, not not failed, but failed to succeed in, in the being on top of their own company. I thought there was something sort of meta of saying, you know, uh, we started off hot, but we didn't do enough to deliver on the promise of All Elite Wrestling because they've been trading wins with NXT back and forth pretty early in the game. I don't think anyone expected that to happen i like the idea they treated tonight like a, a bit of a reboot i didn't
2: yeah i didn't expect it i, I expected um to stomp on nxt every week
0: <laughs> so i just want to give a shout out to hajulashi here uh $20. $20 super chat throwing some support uh, to what's become my weekly routine cheers to all the content you put out for us and a heart emoji thank you so much uh sir or miss um we have the best fans absolutely fantastic uh and i'm sure you guys have seen it too we've gotten a lot of- maybe you. it's a holiday season it's the end of the year but a lot of people have been putting us over and thank you thank you all who tune in and uh who go so far to spread the word far and wide about this podcast
2: yes definitely we got the best fans of any podcast we do
0: no it's true um so Cody tonight versus Darby Allen, a rematch of, God, their match to a draw last year was one of my absolute favorites of 2019. What was different tonight was Cody had Arn Anderson in his corner. Matt, what do you think about that pairing now with Arn as the head coach of uh, Cody's Nightmare Family Faction?
2: I need a coach. Mm. I I didn't get that. Cody's not some up-and-comer to me. Um, I, I I like having Arn out there. You you know what I mean. You don't need to give me a reason. I'm not big of a mark for him. But if I'm being fair, like I would if this was NXT, I'd ask the same question. You know, I'd say, hey, why the hell is Finn Balor? Or why does Finn Balor have something like that? Like by himself, he doesn't need he doesn't need uh some sizzle to his steak, if you will. And that's usually what. That managerial role or coach is for is to provide the sizzle to the stake.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's the number one critique I saw, and, and, and it's a fair point that Matt and the others that share it make is that you know, again, Cody is a, he's a veteran. Um, so you know, does he need somebody out there essentially calling the plays for him? At one point, he even huddled up with Arn Arn, looked like a head coach trying to call the next play and, and covering his and covering his mouth. But I'll, I'll I'll accept it simply because kind of going back to what we just talked about, you know, Cody's. Cody's had a rough go of it, you know. He's gotten he's gotten uh, you know betrayed by MJF. He's you know he's had this and that happen. You know he's lost his chance to ever challenge for a title again or right, a world title again. So yeah, from the standpoint of like, it's almost like it's almost like that. It's, it's like we're like three quarters of the way through the movie. He's going through the, now. He's mm-hmm. going through the training montage. He's got to find that mentor yeah. again to bring him back. So from that respect, okay. I, I I take it, and I like the fact that. It, it, they're not reinventing the wheel here, but they're presenting Arn as a coach, not as a not as the old fashioned manager, kind of like how Tully's doing for Sean Spears. You know, Arn's out there. You know, again, call and play, strategizing, even to the point of, and again, I know some people didn't like this, but even to the point of what the finish was of getting up on the apron and and, and patting his knee, like calling the play for Cody of like get your knees up for the counter. Again, you might say does a veteran need to have that, but it's it's pro wrestling. That's a right. Disbelief. Cody just went through an almost twenty minute knockdown drag out match. He's dazed. He's confused. Yeah, hey, knee, knee, knee. It's, it's, it's no different than a corner man telling a boxer in the, in the 12th round, hit the uppercut. You know, it, it's having that extra set of eyes for you. So, all things said, I actually like this presentation. Uh,
2: my only thing with it is, you guys, can you guys hear me okay? I hear yeah. you loud and clear. There's a little delay. I apologize. Um, My only problem with it is, again, it's it's just the fact that it's Cody. He's a main event babyface. Um, usually, People that need managers or coaches or or any kind of side acts with them, if you will, is again those acts that can't talk for themselves um that maybe not they don't speak the same language as uh, English whatever have you um, there's usually a reason for it. and I'll be honest, I don't think Cody's failed winning the title yes, but other than that, I've not really seen enough okay I go back to the drawing board again poor Cody Rhodes every time I watch him I'm like damn this dude holds the damn crowd in the palm of his hand he's most overact usually out of any of the baby faces every single week he comes out there the fans love him and again to me he's not some mid card or lower card act that needs this boost he is someone that we should be rub, which they do do a good job of um in the past you know darby allen's a great example that draw um i don't don't know i just don't think he needs a coach
0: no i agree i mean this is something we're more storytelling and i apologize if they did this online and how they set this up but matt to what you're saying justin to what you're saying even our chat room people talk about like rocky three rocky four i think if cody went on a bender lost himself clearly showed that the betrayal of MJF, all these losses got to him, aren't being the guy to pull yes. him out of that. Although you could say, why isn't DDP the guy pulling him out of it? Cause that makes far more sense storyline wise. Um, so yeah, it yes. did seem a little random. It does Yeah. I feel like uh, there could have been more story there. Now I got, this is a controversial take, depending on how you feel about Darby Allen. I complained tonight, Darby losing to Cody. They had that amazing draw of a match. What was it at? uh, It wasn't Fighter Festivals. Was Fight yeah. for the Fallen. So it's what put Darby on the map. That draw, Ooh. him losing tonight. This dude is such a star in the making. Why does he keep he getting is. treated like a, a lower card enhancement talent?
2: I'd be honest though. I'd be complaining if Cody lost. I would. I'd be going, "What the hell? It's Young Bucks again. Stop freaking beating your top stars when wins and losses are supposed to matter so much." Um, I maybe it's the, the, the WWE in this instance stop booking these two people against each other where both towns desperately need a win but then we don't yeah. get that enjoyable awesome match of Derby Alley. I was okay with this I think uh, yeah I mean it's smart he, he has the sympathy that you automatically get behind him during the heat that he's one of those Jeff Hardy types that could... I don't want him to continue to lose, obviously, but if he loses, I don't feel
1: as much as it would other acts. And to that point, it's all about expectation, right? When you, when you, whether, whether you're a hardcore fan or whether you're a, you know somewhat of a casual new fan who's discovered AEW, you go Cody Rhodes, you go Cody Rhodes, you go Darby Allin. What's the expectation? Well, Cody Rhodes, your expectation is for him to do a certain of you know your expectation is for him to win Darby Allen has already be has already gotten put over in the ways in you know, go just just going to a draw a time limit draw with Cody Rhodes is being is getting put over in the fashion he did. So you know the expectation there you know Darby doesn't need to win this right now. You know he's gonna get his he's gonna keep moving up. He's already made progress as is in, in a short time relatively speaking. But it's all about expectation and, and really I think you know he got put over by a timeline draw. Now it's okay Cody's gotta win because Cody's got bigger things to do. He's got to get through Wardlow which we'll talk about he's got to get to MJF. So it's just all about expectation. You don't need... The expectation is not for Darby Allen to necessarily win this again or go to a draw again. There's no harm here in him losing in the fashion he did.
0: Yep. I think there's so much mystique in a draw. And I think that he was the first draw in AEW, the first match to end in a draw. I don't know. I feel like... uh, Let me put it this way. I wish they'd given some of the time to him over the summer that uh, Sean Spears got, some of the time Hangman Adam Page got. I feel like these guys... Okay. Like Darby yeah. should be a face of the company Whereas MJF, MJF's been protected Look how, they're the same age But they treat Darby more like a kid Whereas they're protecting MJF uh, they're, well, He's not he's, he's clearly being treated more like a superstar Than Darby is And I mean, I love Darby I'm, I'm yeah. one of his
2: biggest fans But with that said, I'm sorry He is no MJF MJF is a freaking money Is a A, a walking, talking money print that hmm. dude can make money any company he works for. That's how damn good that dude is. He's different. He's on a different stratosphere uh, than everybody else, in my opinion.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think Darby's got that it factor. Uh, he does. Oh, my did God, different time. He, he, he,
2: yeah. he definitely does. And you're right. I would have taken yeah. that over uh, Adam Page uh, a lot of the time that they put in the Hangman and all the other people that you talked about. But especially the chairman, I agree with that as well. Because he is special, well, and he it, is different, but man, I'm just, yeah.
0: Well, Evan Wright saying Darby has had matches with Jericho Cody and Moxley. What else do you need? And this is what we talked about. I mean, and this is us being fair, this is us applying rules equally. We talk about this all the time with Monday Night Raw. You can't tell us Umberto Carrillo is hot shit or uh Cedric or uh even right. Ricochet. You can't tell us these guys. Are going places right. in the business because just because they're losing, but they're not winning. Yeah. Right. You, you got to have something. And that's where I think they're out. Yeah. Is. Because of the draw, I think they should have kept the draw gimmick a bit longer. Uh, but they just started having a yeah. lose, lose, lose. And I don't think that's a good look for him.
2: No, it's not. As other matches he should have won, uh, in my opinion?
0: Yeah. Anyhow, uh, that's my soapbox on that one. Tweet at me uh, with with how wrong I am or how wrong you think I you're am. Not wrong. Some you're not have. wrong. Well, I'll, I'll,
2: I'll interject that tweet if they do because yeah. you're, you're right on this one. But then,
0: yeah, I just think he's got a lot of potential. And remember, we're building a TV show with AEW. Something like, who do you want to yeah. watch every week? And I want to see the Darby Allen show. I
2: see uh, uh, pre-tapes. I want to see vignettes with him. Those were really dope with him, of those vignettes.
0: Absolutely. Um, So Cody won that match via pinfall. Uh, It was a good match. Went for quite a bit at the opening of the show. We saw SEU cutting a promo where they mentioned Dark Order. So definitely continuing to sow the seeds there. We had a fatal four-way tonight for the AEW Women's World Championship. Riho defending against Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, and Hikaru Shida. So a lot of people seem to really like this match. What did you think of this women's fatal four-way with Riho retaining?
2: Man, I, I'm still not a fan of this women's division. And to be fair, I watched Power the other night. I'm not a fan of their women's division thus far either. Um, I give, We give uh, AEW a lot of crap for bad women how they booked the women's wrestlers power is is not much better it's terrible by the way in my opinion um sans nick aldis is uh um what's her name camille camille she's a star dude in every sense of the freaking word fyi that mm-hmm. girl is that's a man she's a man of an act i would mean, be dead serious one day i just don't know mm-hmm. by who for who hopefully wwe but I was gonna say it's um, we give them a lot of rough times about AEW women and how they book the women's wrestlers because they have a freaking stacked roster of women that they just just don't book the right way. It should be
0: so easy. Yeah. Uh, what do you think they're going? I to don't do? care about Riho. No offense. <laughs> I just don't care
2: about Riho. And, and
1: and that's the and that's and that's the problem. You know, this four way match wasn't bad. Uh, Nyla Rose was dominant. Right. You know, Nyla was dominant, you know, Britt picked some spots of resiliency. Um, yeah. But it, but I just, it comes down to, I, I think, I tweeted I couldn't put my finger on it, but I, I think as I as I just sat and thought about it some more and watched some replies, it just, it comes down to, I'm sorry, Riho is so small. First off, again, it goes back to her, her, her size. She makes no noise when she bumps. And then even when she, you know, I, I feel like she's just waiting and looking for the next spot. Like she's waiting for her next spot. It doesn't feel like she's doing the match. It feels like she's memorizing the match if that makes sense um you, you are you're, Finan- you're, you're 100 you're 100 right about memorizing the match and memorizing spots you're
2: absolutely right you wrestled, you, you, you,
1: yeah, you know
2: you know what it looks like and that's what yeah. it looks like really hey really quick i'm going to cut you off i see yeah. some of the comments coming in we're not saying this match wasn't freaking awesome it was and you all are saying the same thing best female match for aew That's not what we're trying to compare things to. We're trying to compare things to everything that we watch that's out there in wrestling world with comes to women's wrestling. I want to see matches on this show that can compete with Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. And I'm sorry, they do have the talent to do it. Nyla Rose is a monster. How that girl continues to lose is beyond me. Um, There's so many of them. Kong's a monster. Um, uh, your um, girl from Pittsburgh, um, yeah, Britt. Yeah. Brit Baker, Brit Baker. Yeah. dude, she's a freaking star. Uh, she'll be on next week. Uh, Chris, the, the Chris,
1: the Chris Statlander. She'll be on next week. You know, she's she's got. She she is as well. She's yeah. got it too. Yeah.
2: Those are the four, and I'm probably leaving a few out that you just booked to the high heavens, just to continue to win and be dominant. Not these people that we've never heard of. We don't care about. We know nothing about them. I don't care how good the match is then. It, it takes me out of the match because there are people doing moves that I don't care about.
0: You know, and say what you will about the darker era of WWE wrestling, but even when it was Molina versus Alicia Fox, like those were very well-established personalities having a match. It might we not know have who technically they, we, been the right We
2: knew, right. We knew who they were. We knew what their motives were.
0: Yeah. Um, and this tonight, Britt Baker eating the pin. uh <sighs> Yeah, um, and then Nyla attacking Riho after. I'm cool with that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm
2: cool with that. But not Britt Baker taking another L. I do not understand this. Is the company pissed
0: at her or something? I missed something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe they can't have a part time champ, Matt. Maybe uh, she needs to close her dental practice and then she'll get to wear the gold. Not funny. i mean that that does seem like kind of a weird thing your world champion has a day job that does i mean hear me out that does seem to send kind of a weird message
2: okay i'll tell you what a weird message was is when we had our women's champion why is her name escaping me taylor wilde working at sunglass hut when i was at tna (laughs) and she was our women's (laughs) champion a good look and that ain't her fault there you go damn company's fault be not paying or what she was worth
1: wasn't one of the girls at tna also like a miss hooters at the same time that she was wrestling at tna i don't know i I probably i I didn't know i don't know who
0: And there's nothing wrong with having a day job. Uh, God knows there's a lot of indie wrestlers that do. But when you're in the, you know, one of the the top promotions, when you're in a national promotion with a major TV deal, it does and billionaires yes. funding your company. I yes. get. You, and Justin, you've said this before. Britt doesn't want to walk away from all that she's built, but Good. AEW should make that a little more attractive for her to put it on pause. Yes, I, I,
1: I, I, I think what should be done. My opinion of what should be done in her life and her booking. I think they should do if they're going to keep her as a babyface. I think they need to go the extra mile and tell the story that it's not that she's working the day job because AEW is not paying her enough because she's getting paid quite well by AEW. But it's like do the Mm -hmm. babyface story that she still wants to do the she you know she went to school for it she wants to help she they need to tell that story because I do think that as time goes on and if she does become their champion eventually. I think that's a valid observation. You would go no other world champion on any major TV promotion here. has ever been uh, talked about that they have a day job. But you know, she's flying back on but Thursday to a dental practice. Here, here, here's the problem. She not
2: the problem, but the the good part of working on this. You know, um, working at, at, at some like little small bit career or small little tiny job. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a dentist here. Somebody yeah. educated. So, if I'm this company, this is my company. I will tell that story of this woman who is everyone, quote unquote, every woman who 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 is superwoman who believes that in, that inspiring our young uh, our young ones, our youth, our girls that are growing up today that they can do any damn thing they want. You want to go be a yes. dentist? Hell, go yes. do it like yes. I did. You want to be the women's champion? Yes. Shit, I'm gonna be yes. that next month.
1: Yes. And, that, and, and
2: talk like that.
1: Yes, that's the st- and That's and thank you, Matt. You, you're way more articulate on that than I could be. That's they need to tell a story just to to make it all come together and make it seem like why to to, to help uh, sell it that much more of why she's doing it.
2: I mean, what a cool story for little girls out there to watch, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, and I think that okay, in a weird way, I think they think they're telling that story. I don't think it's coming across. Yes. That area.
2: Yes, Glenn. They're not telling it that way. They think they
0: are, but they're not. Yes. Yeah. Something about it just seems off. Well, Um,
1: and part of that just comes down to one two-hour show each week. Not counting the YouTube extras, not counting Dark. If people are just watching Dynamite, part of it just runs down to how much time do you have in two hours each week. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. So... Nyla Rose attacked Riho. I'm assuming Sh- Nyla's going to interfere with the championship match next week, and maybe that's how they protect uh, Chris from taking the L and Rio retaining.
2: Mm-hmm. I could do that.
0: Let's talk about this Dark Order promo tonight. Uh, recap of what happened on the episode before the holidays. It was Evil Uno talking about how the leader done. We saw the footage from when they took out the group. Um, This was kind of different tonight. It lacked the production value, I think, uh, and and really leaned heavily on that show-closing moment before the holiday. Matt, what do you think about this storyline? Because clearly the Dark Order versus the Elite is the big overarching, I mean, next to Jericho um, and Moxley, this is it, right? I mean, we got this, uh, I would say, is even bigger than Cody versus MJF right now in terms of build.
2: I can't. And imagine what I connected from this all together. And I was online watching everybody's just laughter with, this is how you close off your show going out, of, you know, last, last week. That's how you close the show with them doing that, saying that, sounding like that. It wasn't just a guy missing those errant punches. All right. It was like yeah. a whole, it's just across. You can't even call it a de I, I don't even know what you call it. But it looks so minor league. It just does. It just does. I have no other way to say it. I don't like saying it because I, I am a homer for AEW. I admit it all the time. But I got to be fair and give, you know, fairer than if it was garbage.
0: Castro the Prince asking, why do they better. have to have two huge heel factions? Isn't one trying to take over the company enough? It does seem a little redundant, but... um. I mean, let's just get a good vote call. here based on what we saw with Adam Page. That's a good call. Yeah. Go ahead. So with Adam Page not coming out at the end, and they're setting up the Dark Order versus the Elite, Adam Page is joining the Dark Order, right? Like that's where this is all building towards.
2: You would think so, but um, here's the question: Then what? Do they? Does he have to wear a mask? Oh, two that isn't that the gimmick? Like you yeah, get in by putting on the mask and covering up the specialty of you being a superstar that has now joined this group, which would be so stupid. Maybe I don't they know. They make
0: him a custom mask, Justin.
2: <laughs> what do you think, Justin? Like,
1: like Hulk Machine. Hang on, right back. Yeah, I mean that kind of seems like it's inevitable where they're going. I mean, maybe, but maybe that's part of it. Put on the mask. He puts on a you know some kind of mask, and uh, I mean, let's be fair. It's not like. It's not like Hangman Page has, like, been shot out of a cannon, it was, you, know, it, you know, in terms of, like, he's just been kind of just there. So uh, I wouldn't be opposed to this. I wouldn't be opposed to giving someone a death where he puts on the mask, maybe he has, he has a struggle with it for a while, then, and then think of the big payoff when he eventually defects from the group and rips it back off. I mean, yeah, you, you think inevitably that's where it's going to head to.
0: Yeah. Oh, there you go, Matt. Uh, Dave Langer, Hangman could wear a Hangman's mask. Like, built into the gimmick right there.
2: There you go. But again, he's still joining an incredible gimmick.
0: Yeah. Some of those vignettes were cool, but they they need to get back to that. And I gave
2: him credit. I said, okay, you know what? This got my attention. I kind of like where they're going with it. I did. For like two weeks there, maybe three.
0: So we got John Moxley versus Trent. Trent had Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy uh, alongside him tonight. Moxley coming out through the crowd, uh, that was electric. And I I have to say again to put this over, I know it seems like so long ago, Moxley showing up at the end of Double or Nothing is probably in my top three wrestling moments for all of 2019. And I'm so glad that – he's still got this momentum behind him, at least as far as the crowd's concerned, putting him against Jericho, I think is going to be phenomenal. What did you think Matt of this match against uh, Trent tonight and um, Moxley, uh, you know, uh, mixing it up with orange Cassidy a little bit. Um, you know, I,
2: I, I, I like that. Um, I, you're right about him having his that, that whole um, aura about him of still being special. I, I agree. He still has it. He, he being Moxley. Um, I'm just going to fast forward and put it out there that I think he's going to win the championship. Really? I, I do. Wow. I do because something is something's fault, obviously, if AEW is not winning in a ratings war versus NXT. It's definitely not his fault. But... I still think something needs to change to draw eyeballs back to the show. Um, just and you shouldn't book a show that way, honestly. You shouldn't book for shock value to get fans to come over and see what's going on in your show just for a week or two, right? Which is sometimes what a, t- a title swap can do. But I don't know. I just what's gonna. I mean, you can't. They can't afford another D two. Moxley can't lose.
1: What do you do?
0: Mm. Justin, what do you think?
1: Yeah, just by the way they space out that, you know, we have uh, far more weeks in between major pay-per-views, obviously, than what WWE does. It kind of feels like by the time we get to the end of February that uh, the, the Moxley should be Cherico. Um, and, yeah, the, because AEW's kind of been outspoken that they don't want to take cheap, ch- you know, cheap shortcuts in terms of easy DQs and what have you. You know, they, they, they want to try to put more effort into the booking. Yeah, you kind of think it'd be hard to imagine them beating Moxley, and then where does it go after that? I mean, yeah, so I, I could definitely agree with Matt and seeing uh, him uh, taking the title here uh, into February. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the match against Trent was fun. You know, it, the, I mean, I think everybody was waiting for the interaction with he and Orange Cassidy. We we got a little one. They definitely just left it <laughs> left it so much out there and uh, to yep. be desired, which I guess is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I you know, and then they had the Jericho thing afterwards, and. You know, him trying to offer the the, the most expensive car in America to, to Moxley, which is kind of funny to me because, like, you know, here's a guy who John Moxley doesn't opt for pomp and circumstance entrance. He doesn't have, like, lights and pyro. He walks through the crowd. So yeah. there's some funny dynamic to me about him being offered a million-dollar car as if that's going to woo him. Maybe the comedy is part of the irony of it all. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. it was fun. Good good match. Good segment. Yeah. No.
2: So it was dude. I like this.
0: Yeah. So after that, after Moxley defeated Trent, out comes Sammy Guevara, the the Chachi Arcola version, uh version in uh good call. Good call of the inner circle saying, Hey, the Fonz wants to have a talk with you. We get Chris Jericho live by video making that offer. Um Jericho offered him the 40, 49% of Inner Circle LLC, which leads me to believe if Jericho's keeping 51%, the other members of the inner circle don't have any ownership stake in the faction. That's weird. But
1: they gotta aside, win some they gotta win some more matches until they get some stock options.
0: Yes. Uh so yeah, offers them a four GT, a beautiful looking car with a license plate that says MOX on it. Um, and then it's interesting. see, I just don't like when they purposefully drag it out. And Moxley getting on the mic and saying, "Oh, I considered you a friend. Uh, I'll give you an answer in person next week." It's like he's got to think it over. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it gives us something. It gives us—I don't know. We know he's going to say no. Um, we it just gives it that extra week. I don't. We always say we want to see cliffhangers, especially Raj. He always talks about that, right? Um, like to have some type of cliffhangers that tie the, you know—that tie loose ends week to week to week. To make you want to tune in the next week. I know this is a weak one because we know he's going to say no, right? But
1: I was okay with it. And who knows? I mean, at the end of the day, we know what the, the the finale is. He's not going to be with them. It's going. He's still going to have a match with Jericho. Who knows? To kill a few weeks, he might counter offer with a few counter negotiations, and he might join them and be a very half-ass participant for a week or so. You, know, you don't know. I mean, they, they could try that. Uh, just just for some fun, for some fun schtick. Would that be funny? Would, yeah, like hey, he like he like Jericho's a match, and, and 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 he's out, and um, they have Moxley standing out there like Hager would and he's trying to be like an enforcer, but he's done. He's not really doing much. I mean, they, they could have some fun, some comedy. that mock the, the comedy that Moxley would endorse. Yeah, I still like my Moxley
0: ass. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe maybe they'll have a board meeting, and uh, Moxley doesn't want to hang with the fact that they go by Robert's Rules of Order, so he just can't hang with the group, you know? He gets busted speaking out of turn.
1: Robert's Rule. Good Moxley job. takes a car. He, wreck, he, wreck, he wrecks, wrecks the car, you know? just.
0: <laughs> Anyhow, enough fantasy booking on that. We'll see what happens next week. We got Dustin Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara tonight. Jake Hager ringside, uh, of course. They uh, inner circle beat down Dustin a few weeks back, Sammy picked up a win here. Um, I mean, this certainly uh Good. did what it needed to do. What did you think of the match and seeing uh Sammy with uh with Dustin? Matt.
2: Love this. This was my favorite part of the night, to be honest. I love really? Sammy Guevara. Yes, for me, because I'm a huge Sammy mark. I, I think he's he's got it. And running with Jericho is gonna help him. And it already started to help him. You can see little nuances, he's changed. Um, he's very comfortable being a dick to these fans and being a heel. when you're when you're new and you're still learning how to be a heel, um, and I'm watching him get better every single time I see him out there. And that's this big, and it's cements him. He's not just his 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 um his Aaron boy anymore, right? This is a very big win.
1: This is a big win. Uh, I agree with the destination they got to, which is Sammy getting a win. I disagree with how they got there. Two things: one, I mean, these two guys Either. who are like, I mean, you know, D- 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 Dustin could be Sammy's dad. I'm talking age-wise, so you know, it's it's pretty right. phenomenal to watch them go the way they did. Um, Dustin did an awesome Canadian destroyer pile driver on the apron. Yep. I don't believe I don't believe in there being anything. After that, that so that like kind of stuck with me. Like, I mean, AEW's ring is custom. I agree with that. AEW's ring is custom. Their aprons actually bigger than yep. WWE's. They did this on it purpose is. that way they yep. can do these spots. So, yep. I mean, I'm the spots look cool. I mean, they're risky, they look cool, but I have a hard time with that not being the finish. And then what leads to the actual finish, Dustin's getting ready to do his uh, what did he call it? Uh, his gold dust the shattered dreams spot. I just don't like the ref stepping in to stop him from from doing such. To me, that's up there with yeah. why does the ref stop the match in a hell in a cell over in WWE? I just had a problem with the logic. I'm fine that Sammy got the win, but how they got there baffles me.
2: I'm okay because a star got made in this. in My opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I like the I like the finale. What came out of it? I just I just questioned the 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 the, uh, the, the spot the uh, the false the false finishes. Yeah.
0: So Adam Page had a segment with Private Party tonight. Uh, not a lot to it, but I think it further kind of set up the Page is uh, going his own way, I think, with this. And uh, having a little conflict with Private Party, I think, uh, yeah, I feel like there was a little build here. But uh, then Page, of course, came out for commentary on the last match, which we'll talk about. Let's talk about MJF and Wardlow, though. So MJF was announcing his stipulations to wrestle Cody at AEW Revolution And, um, before we get to that match, we're going to have Wardlow versus Cody in a steel cage, uh, on free AEW television in the coming weeks. How do you think that match is going to go, Matt? And I mean, I guess Wardlow is going to have to take the L on this one, right? I mean,
2: which is bullshit. I don't think that'll happen. I think he'll take an L, but it'll be a DQ. Gotcha. He's not, he's, he's not being pinned. There's no way that that freaking dude is being pinned. In his first match, no way.
0: Justin, what do you make of how they're booking Wardlow uh, as MJF's muscle?
1: Well, I mean, it's been real slow up to this point. There hasn't been too much to they haven't left they haven't left themselves open to too much criticism. Uh, you know, he's not yep. saying he's not saying anything, which he doesn't have to. He's just being you know, he, you know, he's, his yep. his look says enough. Uh, they're letting MJF do the talking. You know, he's a presence. Uh, his first uh, tell his first match in AEW being a steel cage. Uh, against you know, against Cody, this is actually a really this is this is a smart move. Now we'll get to what the conclusion is in a second here, but a steel cage match actually for a guy of you know for Warlow being the for being the gimmick he is of being a brute, this 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 plays right into making him look like a stud. You know you don't have to you know giving him a gimmick to to ricochet Cody off of and to potentially even get some color if it gets to that. This is a great thing. You don't, you know, it actually would actually be a tougher proposition to have Wardlow, who's never had a televised match in front of an AEW, AEW okay. audience, to have a match that is just a normal one-on-one match in a, in a in a ring. The fact they're giving him a gimmick actually is, is kind of like a a head start, so to speak. Uh, now, how they book it, it will be interesting because because yeah, you can't have him get pinned. How do you pull a DQ off is questionable because it's a steel cage. So we'll have to see. But I, I trust I trust that Cody and them have thought about this far beyond that they, they have, yeah. they have an exit strategy, so that'll be fine. But I, uh, you know, I'd be interested to see this, uh, you know, Warlow's from Cleveland. Uh, they're in Cleveland for TV G- at the end of January. G- so it might be a, a prime spot to do it.
2: Listen, here's what's going to happen. The ring is, they're going to cut open the bottom of the ring again, mark my words and butcher and blade are going to come into it somehow.
0: There you have it. Matt Morgan with a prediction. Um, or it's gonna be Matt or it's gonna yeah. be me, Matt Morgan.
2: I'm gonna book myself into this angle.
1: <laughs> I can't wait till we see a seven I can't wait till we see a seven foot tall dude in the dark order with a, a mask on it that has the same tattoos as Matt Morgan. <laughs> I'm go, like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it's a rib on you. <laughs> that you gotta do, Matt. Uh, Next time
0: they're uh and the mask is wood.
1: and the mask is blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: hey if, if virgil can come out of retirement to appear on aew i think matt you can uh do an episode
2: uh um, not in dark order good lord no
0: oh <laughs> uh, so uh <laughs> do you see someone called wardlow on twitter a poor man's matt morgan
2: i did see that yeah
0: <laughs> so there I don't you know go what are you- talking
2: about he's, he's not he's not seven feet he's completely different yeah. i wish i had homeboy's hair though He's a good-looking. No. He's a good-looking kid, and he's he's gonna. That dude's. What I like most about what they're doing with him, they did this with me at TNA. They made me wear a suit on purpose every single week, so I couldn't rely on my body language and rely on my physique and things like that in promos. I know it sounds crazy because how do you talk with your body? You do do a lot of talking with your body, believe it or not. And what they're doing with him is he's gonna improve so much because he can't rely on his awesome physique. So it makes people, number one, want to see what does this dude look like? Two, what does he wrestle like? And people are going to pay to see it, man. I think he's going he to be a big star for them. I hope he is.
1: Yeah, by the time by the time he rips the suit off like Superman and people finally see him in his physique, it's going to mean much more because they've, they've kept it hidden. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I want to talk about uh... – Jai 3592 with the uh, five pound super chat, wishing us a happy new year from Scotland saying, I just don't feel that wow. any of the female talents have any personality or character. So we got this backstage interaction with yeah. Reho and Britt Baker and
1: I'm doing the convergence, the uh, the currency exchange. I want to see how much five pounds is for us.
0: Yeah. Uh, saying uh Brit saying to Reho, you just roll in, steal a win, head off. Uh, Britt's there each week along with running her dental practice. It's tough. See, this is where I think it's dangerous, because it's not building heat between uh, Britt and Riho. I mean, I guess it builds a story between them, but I don't think you should have people making valid criticisms of your champ. Like, your champ just shows up wins. Uh, you know, I mean, Riho is a real non-factor on AEW TV, and she's the goddamn women's champ. You shouldn't have people, anyone saying or repeating that on air when it's so true. Right, I mean, Justin. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I can see the point there. And again, I, I, I guess I'm just picking on Rio here. And then it goes back to Rio. And then she's she looks like this scared little girl who, like, is like, she's a champion. She looks like this scared little girl who like turns to an interpreter and says a few things, and then her interpreter. It just, I'm sorry, I'm sure Rio's a wonderful person, but she, this is just, just, I just don't buy her. I just don't buy her at all. I, I don't buy at all that she has. It's like, it's like, she, she's your champion. She looks scared to be there
0: hmm. yeah um so let's talk about the curse of aew audio tonight continues okay. versus this promo with jurassic express jungle boy luchasaurus and marco's stunt um marco went to hug the announcer luchasaurus said something that was inaudible and uh man it's these little production things matt i mean tna you guys had had mics that worked you had good mixing you had good sound you could hear what people were saying how is AEW not able to get this dialed in
2: speaking of mics can you hear me okay yes we can all right um i don't know with keith mitchell working with this company i don't understand what where the drop-off is or what 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 they're missing do you know what i mean because keith mitchell's genius and like you said tna our audio was always perfect and, and other companies as well so i don't know what's going
0: on here with it I, I really don't i don't get it justin what have you heard about their their production and their crew
1: i i haven't heard much but it's it's been noticeable i mean every week there's been something you know i remember i remember one week i was i was scraping about it on social media like you know like the the, sound, the you, one thing will be so low and then and then you get to a, something else and it will be extremely high i don't know what's going on you know i mean You know, WCW back in the day was known for, unfortunately, they would have like, they would miss some, some major shots. One of the, one of my favorite stories of the abbreviated version is Mark Madden, who's here in Pittsburgh with me, who did commentary for Nitro for a while. They did a famous thing where Goldberg brought, uh, Goldberg wrote something into the arena. I forget exactly what it was. And 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 Madden basically sent a production meeting. He goes, "You guys are going to miss this entirely." And 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 they said, "Oh no!" And in fact, they did. You miss Goldberg drive the vehicle in. By the time they got the shot on Goldberg, he was always at, already halfway down the aisle. And I al- I always think about things like that, and and, and just the, the importance of planning. And you know, okay, WWE is kind of like that top notch industry standard in the live event of pro wrestling sports entertainment world. You know, AEW has so much else going for them. You know, Keith Mitchell was, as as Bruce or uh, uh, as Matt's talking about um you know they have they have uh, they have uh, good sets they have so many other good things going for them but their audio their live audio is just every week it's something and 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 it's not that we're being overly critical or, or harsh on them it's a real thing it makes you look amateur when those little things happen when somebody gives you a a, a first impression chance it just makes it just comes off amateurish so i don't know I, I don't know what the situation is or why there's a problem i don't know if they're picking up a certain amount of freelancers, each town they're in. And so there's a lack oh, of consistency. Right. Cause I mean, you know, cause WWE, WWE has a core group of production people that, that, that are, that, that are freelancers, but are basically on retainer. And then they have like freelance stage hands who help build the sets. And those are just local carpenters. I don't know if AEW is going a little bit further in the local stage hands. And like they're, they're hiring local audio mixers in each town. And that would be a problem to help not hold standards and policy and, and consistency. I don't know but something needs to get corrected with their audio because they've had a major problem for many weeks here.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about PAC and the Lucha bros versus the young bucks of Kenny Omega with a tipsy Adam page on commentary. As for the first main event of 2020, Matt, what did you think of this match?
2: Wasn't a fan of Adam page being drunk on commentary. Um, but, uh, they're trying to tell stories, right? They're, they're trying to tell a story. Um, the match was freaking amazing. You guys didn't love this match?
0: That was good. I mean, these guys that always been a... on good matches,
2: right? Yeah. To be fair, I, I I'm blown away by most of these matches on on Dynamite, right? But um, I don't know. I just want to see them get to the reset button right now. <laughs>
0: This did not feel like a full reset tonight. This felt like um, the in-between episode. I think next week, well, yes. even with the win-loss record, right? Tonight they were still talking yes. about people's wins and losses, so it resets next week. I'm assuming.
2: Me too.
1: It was a very entertaining match. I mean, I get nitpicky. There was a couple of times where I was like, uh, "Why aren't they selling that? They I could have sold that more." But I guess just I guess it's just the style, and it is what it is. But the people, the important thing is the people were really into it. And it was Good a big bang to end the show. So yep. all, 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 all picky critiques aside. Yeah.
0: So we had Cody come out. We had the Bucks. We had Kenny all celebrating them trying to get Adam Page to come into the the ring. Page said he's heading out and saying, oh, he didn't do anything. So he didn't go to the ring, but he gave a thumbs up. Um. And by so the there, way, shout,
1: Can we yeah. since we're kind of wrapping the, the, the broadcast here, shout out to Taz. This is the first oh, yeah. Dynamite that Taz has done on commentary. I know he did Dark. I thought Taz fit. I mean, Taz is always a good commentator Uh, back to his WWE days. I thought he did. I thought he blended right in with these guys really well. He did. He did do a good job. You're right. So shout out to Taz.
0: Yeah, I think uh, he should definitely be in the mix going forward. What else do we have to cover tonight, Justin?
1: Uh, Well, just uh, two quick news items. One's more of a congratulations, revealed on social media by. Uh, both parties, uh, Andrade and Charlotte Flair are officially engaged. Andrade tweeted or uh, posted a picture of uh, him with Charlotte on New Year's Eve and said that she said, see, so they are engaged. So, you know, this is interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, congratulations to them. They, they've been a couple. We've known this for a bit. Um, so Andrade, his his, his his lineage joining the, the Flair family. So, um Good, good for them. I don't know if WWE is going to, if they'll do anything with us beyond <laughs> congratulations. I hope not, but uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, the other kind of notable news coming uh, into this is we got the ratings. Uh, it's a holiday week, so they get a little bit delayed for us. We got the ratings and viewership for this past week's Monday Night Raw. Of course, this is the Raw that was anchored and in the main event spot built around the Lana Lashley wedding. Right. And this Raw. Drew an average of 2.439 million viewers. Now, what does that mean? The last time WWE had a Raw that had a higher average of viewers was back in September when it was the season premiere Mm. of Raw. So, uh, now there was a drop from you know one hours one, two, and three did continue to drop, uh, 2.5 to 2.4 to 2.3, but it should be noted. The drop between hour one and hour three was one of the uh, the, the lower lower margins, so it was not as, as steep of a drop off, which does led us to believe, whether you like it or not, folks, people did tune in or did did hang around to see this wedding. If you look at the YouTube numbers, the YouTube numbers are amongst are among the best for this the, the wedding segment. So uh, interesting here because obviously the wedding's got a lot of people buzzing, good, bad, or otherwise. I said this would happen. I Just pointing that out. <laughs>
0: There you have it. Well, good for Liv Morgan, good for Rusev, and good for Bobby Lashley, and even Lana to an extent. Um mean, even Lana to an extent? <laughs> She's a centerpiece of this. Okay, I think they are going to take the wrong takeaways from this. Come on, I Glenn. think Lana's Glenn, talented. You're
1: the, you're the, Glenn, you're the feminist supporter here. What do you mean until and, and Lana to some
0: take? Look, remember when Lana came back and had that championship match? What was it against Naomi? Yeah. I was the one putting Lana over looking like a world champ until she actually started wrestling. Like,
1: Well, it should be noted, she did reveal that she uh, is going to have a return to the ring in 2020.
0: I think all talented, I think it's the writing and material with this. And it's just just a bad angle. But whatever. It is what it is. Uh, Matt Morgan's got a plane to catch in a couple hours, heading back stateside. And uh, we're going to be back here Friday night to talk about the first SmackDown, the first WWE show of 2020. Uh, Matt, nothing to plug nothing else to discuss we're good
2: no you guys know where to hit me up at BP Matt Morgan on twitter and instagram
0: there you have it he's at justin labar i'm at glenn rubenstein and we will catch you back here on friday happy new year everyone hope your 2020 is off to a great start we'll see you back here on the wrestling inc podcast take care
2: aloha